Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. We have been talking about the Lord revealing himself to us, about our learning to hear with our solical senses, Basically, looking at the ch- what our challenges are here on this earth to know God. Again, we are a spirit being. If we've been, <clears throat> excuse me, if we've been born again, we are a spirit. That is your nature now. But you have a soul. You have the same soul you had before you became a Christian, as well as the same body. But our goal is now, as we are being transformed into a single being, spirit, soul, and body, becoming one, how do we know God? How do we cooperate with him in what he's doing? This is something God wants us to do. He wants us to know him. And he's revealing himself to us so we can know him. So if if we believe that, we can also accept that it's doable. Knowing God is doable. It's not something we put off till we die and go to heaven. It's not for special people. It's for all of us. God wants all of us to know him, to be confident that we're hearing him clearly, that we are overcoming our circumstances and our self. We're learning to rule and reign, rule over ourselves and reign over our circumstances. We don't rule and reign over anyone else. That's God's job. But we rule over ourselves, our soul, And we reign over our circumstances. And what is it that's reigning and what is it that's ruling? It's our spirit. So Lord, we just ask that you make that real to us. That we are learning to live as spirit beings and that every situation in our lives, is there to contribute to that goal. So, Lord, teach us to hear you, to not miss you, to not shrink back from the challenges and the projects that you've assigned to each one of us individually. 
Lord, teach us to get healed, to not settle for anything less, and to to remove that judgment on other people. Lord, any any one of us has enough to keep ourselves busy. We're all so far from being that one, that perfect spirit, soul, and body, that that should keep us fully occupied without sticking our noses into what's going on with somebody else. But also, at the same time, Lord, help us to develop sound judgment, wisdom, to be able to evaluate and value that which you value. So, Lord, right now, those who need to hear from you, reveal yourself. Open the eyes, lift the veil, and we come against any enemy, the world, the flesh, or the devil, that's interfering with anyone's ability to hear clearly from you. We intercede and we intervene. And Lord, we just ask that you make a way so that your voice is heard clearly. We thank you ahead of time, Lord that everything that's going on in our lives is part of your plan. And we don't want to miss you, Lord. We don't want to, we want everything you have for us. We don't want to leave this earth life. We don't want to leave anything on the table, on the field. We want to have taken up every challenge, every opportunity and made the most of our time here on this earth. Lord, don't let us miss you. Don't let us get away with settling for second best. We want you, Lord. You're the only thing that satisfies. You're the only thing that gives us contentment. Lord, we just... Ask for a new hunger and a new thirst for each one of us, Lord. We thank you. Amen. So we're all in a different place. And yet there are common elements. Even though we all have a unique soul and a unique body, there are commonalities to our soul and commonalities to our body. Like each one of us has a heart and a brain and certain things, you know, inside and out and ears and eyes. And the same way with our soul. Our soul has certain aspects. We're not going to get into the details right now. But just the whole idea of though we're each unique, we have a lot of things in common. Now, God gave you your soul just as he gave you your body. And he gave you the soul he wanted you to have. Now, every soul has strengths and weaknesses. And that's his choosing as to how he apportions that. But, and society may value your strengths 
and not value your weaknesses. That's generally how we come up with what's a strength and what's a weakness is what other people value. But God doesn't see it that way. He doesn't see your strengths as strengths and your weaknesses as weaknesses. He considers the gift he gave you to be a great gift, period. He loves it. He loves the soul he gave you. And he gave you the soul you have to accomplish that one purpose here on this earth, to bring you into unity, oneness, spirit, soul, and body. And again, he, if he set out the goal for us to be one, what was Jesus' prayer Father, that they be one as we are one. Now, Father and Son were one, and yet they were separate, distinct. They had different qualities. It's the same way with spirit, soul, and body for each one of us. We're one, and yet there's distinct parts of us that God is making one. Now, part of our challenge is that we look for the answers and for change and for blame out there, either past or future or somebody else or fate or where we were born or how we were born or what we were born as. And we look for ways to get out of the circumstances God has created for us. It would serve us much more greatly if we would just say, Lord, this is where I am. Where do we go from here? What, what are we working on now? Now, our spirit is cooperating and fully engaged with God. Every question you've ever had, your spirit already knows the answer to. Your spirit is not growing or becoming closer to God or maturing or becoming more spiritually gifted or anything. Your spirit is one in eternal life. Your spirit is fully in the kingdom. But our soul has been separated from spirit so long. Our soul has set up its own kingdom. God is the king of his kingdom, and our spirit is in his kingdom Our soul has set up its own kingdom, and our soul, ourself, is the king of a solical kingdom. That's not going to work. God does not share his authority. He does not share his kingdom. He is the only king. So he resists our kingdom for our good our good and he 
knows the way forward, not to destroy your soul, but to free it from the false expectation of authority. In other words, your kingdom, your kingness thinks it's responsible for the well-being of its kingdom. But your soul is God's responsibility. As is your body. You are in the soul and the body you're in so you can learn something. So you can learn how to live as a spirit being that has a soul and lives in a body. Now, what those things are that you're supposed to learn is that's part of the uniqueness. You're going to learn something different than somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. And yet there's going to be a commonality. Because our the way the soul is constructed, mind, will, and emotions, is consistent from one soul to the other. Your mind is going to function different than mine or somebody else's. The same with our will, the desires we have, the choices we make, and our emotions. Some have a very strong emotions, and some have very under-control emotions, however you want to put it. But the point being that how the, the, the strengths and weaknesses and how our soul is put together doesn't matter. God gave you the soul he wanted you to have. And our opportunity to embrace is, Lord, this is where I'm at. What are we working on? Now, he's the one who changes us. Our soul simply is being conformed and transformed by spirit. It's not the efforts of our soul or our body to change. In other words, we can't help God do that. God has given us projects so we can learn how to live as a spirit, not as a soul. As our soul is freed and healed and brought into the authority under the alignment of our spirit, the distinct identity of our soul diminishes. I love how Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. His distinct soul identity was consumed or subsumed or overwhelmed by the identity, the spirit of his father. That doesn't mean Jesus didn't exist as an individual. He certainly did. And he had strengths and weaknesses that he learned 
to be, he learned obedience, he learned how to pray, he learned how to hear from his father. Now, where did he learn these things from? Who taught him? He went to his father. His father wanted him to know these things. And this is the opportunity you and I have. We can know these things. We can know how to go to the Father to be changed, to be healed, to be freed, to be loved, to be accepted and valued as an individual, to get your questions answered. God does not want us to de- to deny the questions. This is always the kind of the frustrating when people say, "Well, just have faith." It's like, no, I want my question answered, and God wants to answer the question. He doesn't, unless He says, "Stop asking," or the answer is no. We pursue until we get an answer. Now that answer might be no, or the answer might be not yet. I'll talk to you about this later. You're avoiding the real issue, the real question, the real project. But most of the time, he's given us a question or a desire or a problem that he wants us to keep taking back to him until we get it resolved. That's what matters to him. Not that it get resolved, that we learn to go to him. He is our teacher and trainer and guidance counselor and lover and encourager and healer and friend. He is our alpha and omega, and he completes us. And it's the process of receiving eternal life bit by bit, hopefully more and more and more, that frees our soul from its responsibility to be reconnected, reunited with our spirit so that eternal life can flow. And we are first partakers of it. We receive the eternal life first. And others may or may not ever know what's going on with you. He may get you involved in ministry of some kind. Maybe not. It doesn't matter. Whether you can raise the dead or... People don't even know you're a Christian. Doesn't matter. Because your focus is on the Lord. Your focus is on what is God doing. And when he says, do this, we do that. And then we come back and spend more time with him. Now what we've been talking about is, are those things... Are there things we can do that he's already told us to do? How do we do these? How do we know him? 
how how can we learn to be still and know he is God? And how do we recognize him? Are there things we can do to, quote-unquote, speed things up? Does he want things sped up? Sometimes. And we learn different things from that. It's never that we're behind the times. But he encourages us each individually in different ways. One of the things I think he really wants us to learn is about motivation and where we get it from. And the bottom line is I don't think he wants us to rely on being goal-oriented or, or being motivated that we're, we're seeking God in order to, in order to get closer to him, in order to be healed, or in order for him to, you know, we pray as hard as we can to move him to get him to do what we want. And yet what I believe he's most of the time wants is far simpler than that. And that's a change in lifestyle. That our lifestyle accommodates his lordship. That we don't have a corner of our life for him. But that our whole life be for him that we live and move and have our being in him so that it's not about okay I feel like pursuing God so I'm going to do it I don't feel like pursuing God so I'm not going to do it I guess you know I don't feel his presence so I guess whatever I'm doing is wrong no He's always present. He's always with you. He's always there in in person. It's modifying our lifestyle to make ourselves available to what he's doing. If he doesn't reveal himself to you in an expected way, fine, or or a spectacular way. So often we think, okay, if it's God, it's going to come with a thunderbolt. He's going to send me, I need to know a decision about, choosing between this and that I need him to send me a telegraph telegram it's like you know I think it would be better if we didn't need that if we could hear that still small voice and have the confidence that's him and we get that through lifestyle not okay we've got an emergency so we're going to fast and pray Coming out of that, if if we get through that crisis with fasting and praying, praying, and what that does is that changes our lifestyle. We 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 look back at our lives and go, wow, you know, clearly, I can do without all those other things that I was spending my time on. That real those crises really do point out to you what's really important in your life. And yet so often we go back to the way we were before the crisis. But it's the 
goodness of God that draws us. And yet we are, we're often just grateful for his goodness, but we don't respond to his drawing. We don't, you know, when somebody's trying to draw you into a conversation, they wave you in, come, come closer, I want to talk to you about this. And we wave and we say, okay, hi, you know, and we know that that's what they're trying to do is draw us in. It's not knowing that he's drawing us. It's responding, going ahead and getting close to him and joining him in what he's doing and and in his conversation. And that's one of the ways that he makes himself known to us. We talked last week about the sense of his presence, being able to actually, in one way or another, sense his presence. God makes himself known to us in a a variety of different circumstances, whether it's while we're performing surgery or driving home or playing with our kids or watching a YouTube video or whatever it is we're doing. He can, in his own way, tap us on the shoulder teaching us to recognize and respond, not just recognize, but respond to his presence. But he also draws us. There will be times the Lord makes himself known during those times that we are specifically focusing on him. But the majority of the time, we will be engaged in other activities when he does something to get our attention. This is where we start getting out of the box of this part of my life is Christianity, and then I'm a family guy over here, and then I'm a worker bee over here, and then I'm having fun over here. But when we start recognizing God wants to make himself known at all times, and he wants to draw us at all times. So the majority of the time, because he's training us to change our lifestyle, it's not because we're bad people, but we need to change our hearing him. We will be engaged in those other activities when he does something to get our attention. He doesn't want to have to shout at us. It's a good thing if the Lord doesn't have to send an angel or perform a miracle to get our attention or encourage us. One of the ways we show respect to a person is if we are at their beck and call. So to strengthen our attention, the Lord will engage us to attend to him at what may seem to be odd times. But learning to pay attention and how to promptly respond is essential to moving into being led by the Spirit and eventually living and moving and having our being in him. This is not something we've learned how to to do before. And unfortunately, historically speaking, those who have learned how to do that were not able to really pass along the secrets, the processes, 
that they followed. So now we have this great opportunity to learn. Now, one of the one of the secrets is what goes on at night. One of the things the Lord likes to do is engage us in night visits. You'll likely find that the Lord is much more active in our lives during the night seasons than during the day. There are several reasons for this. First, our body is less active, which lessens its demand for attention from our soul and spirit, freeing our soul to respond. So when your body is sleeping, your soul is available to respond. Second, our soul, which is our mind and our will and emotions, are less distracted by the cares of this world. Again, when you're sleeping or when you're quiet and calm, the demands of the clock, those external and the internal voices, and its need to control will be less. Therefore, the soul is more available to receive unconditionally what the Lord wants to share unconditionally. There's, there's less of a resistance. So, in fact, let's just stop right there. And, Lord, I just ask that you begin to make your presence known specifically in the night season, however you want to do that. And I encourage you all just to have a notebook next to your bed, notebook and a pen, or however you want to record, and just every morning, first thing, Lord, bring to my attention, did you visit me? Did I miss you? Or in the middle of the night, or sometime during the evening while you're asleep, or any time during the night season, if you sensed his presence, if you felt his presence, or his voice, or his speaking to you in any way, write it down. And this will just increase your awareness of the night season and of what's going on. And we'll get into that more deeply next week. So thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainer's Radio. Have a great night. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.